Oh, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 70, Patrick Hornquist, everyone, of my little hockey show where once a week I go through all the major news and stuff in the NHL, mainly focusing in on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames because those are my two favorite teams, but I can talk about any of the 32 teams in the league. So what's on tap for today? Well, Literally, as I'm speaking, the first NHL game of the season between Nashville and Tampa Bay are underway, so the season is officially begun, and there's a lot of news around the league coming out of Ottawa, we got Winnipeg news, we got some Toronto and Calgary news, of course, Chicago, sort of, just, you know, not the best news, so let's get into this, I mean, where do we even freaking start with this, let's... Start with Ottawa because this is kind of the most unfortunate, some of the most, there's a, there's quite a bit of unfortunate news in this week's episode, but this one really, really sucks for Ottawa Senators fans. So Josh Norris listed as out indefinitely with a shoulder injury. So he dealt with this last season. He missed a majority of last season for the Senators and fans, management and all that claim that oh, if we had Norris, we would have been guaranteed a playoff spot and all that, but a lot of people counter with, you know, if you have your season hinging on one player, is is your team really all that good? And, you know, we, we will never know, know, know officially if Norris was in there last year, would Ottawa have made it or not? So um, I don't know the extent of this injury as of right now. I hate when they list it as indefinitely. That word always makes me feel think of like infinity they're never coming back that's it they're done but it could it could be a week it could be 10 months it could be whatever but as far as I heard uh, he was on the ice today so that's optimistic at least but what does this mean overall for the Ottawa Senators I mean obviously it's devastating you're losing one of one of your best goal scorers on the team arguably the best he's a, he's a 30 goal guy for the Ottawa Senators a center that they really you know they really needed that center to center uh, a very good line rather it's going to have Tarasenko on it or Batherson or someone on that line he was going to be a big role for that team so does this mean Ottawa misses the playoffs again? Does this mean that it's just going to make it a lot harder? What happens with Shane Pinto now? I mean, as of me recording this, he's still not signed. Um, they haven't moved Norris to long-term injured reserve or anything like that. So they haven't moved his money off the books where they can just give it to Shane Pinto. But if that's the case... I mean, you can do worse having Shane Pinto get him signed and take that uh, line for Norris. I mean, he's not Josh Norris, but 20 goals last season, it would be a decent stopgap until Ottawa figures out how long Norris is going to be out. And it's just really, really shitty. He's only 24 years old, having to miss out on the season last year, knowing that he was going to be a big, important piece for Ottawa making the playoffs, and that was kind of the talk all season, all off season, and then they're they're bringing in these guys, and it's like, all right, they're gonna regroup, healthy Norris back. You got Chikrin in there, and he's hurt again. So fucking terrible news. I really don't. <laughs> that just sucks. And I'm not an Ottawa Senators fan, but I still. I'm. It's hard to say rooting for this team, but I'm always excited to see the young up-and-coming teams. And, and, you know, it's fun to watch them finally make it. And it's been a long time since Ottawa's been in the playoffs, and I always 
I'm dying. I'm dying for an Ottawa-Toronto playoff matchup again. It's been way too long, so that would be a lot of fun. So, I mean, as it is right now, it's just extremely unfortunate news. I don't have a timeline as of yet as to how long he's going to be out, but this could be, you know... It's I don't, I don't like saying that if they don't have Norris, it's going to tank their whole entire season. They but it's definitely going to hurt uh, the atmosphere going into that season because he's such an important guy to the team, and they still don't have Shane Pinto signed. And if they do get him signed, he's going to be a step behind because he missed training camp and everything like that. So interested to hear what the Ottawa Senators fans out there listening think about this. I can only imagine you're very very frustrated at this point, which completely understandable. So. Sadly, bad news for the Ottawa Senators, but it could turn into good news. We'll just kind of have to wait and see where that one goes. We'll swing over to Toronto here for a quick little bit. Um, So, uh, news coming out, not laughable news. I I saw another note. Anyway, Matt Murray had hip surgery. I believe it was hip surgery. And he's going to be out six to eight months. So, that's pretty much going to be it. He's probably not going to be playing any games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Maybe ever again. He might, that might, this might be the end of him as a Toronto Maple Leaf. He more than likely won't be playing very much or if at all because the Leafs just can't really afford to get him back on the team. So if anyone remembers Robidaw Island, I would imagine that's essentially where Matt Murray is going to be for this season. Really unfortunate. I like Matt Murray. I think he is way, people are way too hard on Matt Murray. I mean, it's mostly because of his contract that makes it really easy to pick on him, but I still think he's an NHL quality goaltender. Right? If if that's a backup goalie, fringe starter, or maybe he's still got the starter in him if he can just stay healthy. It's unfortunate news, but it's not all that shocking. We kind of already knew as Leaf fans that Matt Murray more than likely wasn't going to play. And then the other guy, Jake Muzzin, he won't be playing as well, and that's confirmed because he was just named a pro scout for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, Basically, without announcing retirement, Jake Muzzin is essentially retired from the NHL. He's just going to play out his remaining contract with the Leafs, get that money. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And then it looks like they're going to set him up for some sort of a role with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that would be awesome if he sticks around uh, with the boys and everything. That would be really cool. I'm, I like Jake Muzzin quite a lot. I just, oh, if he just could stay healthy, that would have been... He would be probably the best defenseman on the Leafs, and that's included Morgan Riley, just because Jake Muzzin is just that fucking, kind of honestly, that missing ingredient that Toronto needs. He is a just a horse, especially in the playoffs. He can hit, and yeah, that's definitely a player I would have loved to have in the lineup this season, but it doesn't look like that is going to be the case. But we do have an interesting player that did make the team, and that is Frazier Mitten. I think that I hope that's his first name. If it's not, my bad. But Mitten has made this team, and that is awesome. A 19-year-old rookie, and man, he was impressive in the preseason. We talked about him a little bit last year, and it appears that he earned his spot. He apparently seems to be undeniable, and it seems that he is going to be slotting in on that third-line center role, and quite impressed with that. I mean, how can you not be a team that, you know, on paper is a Stanley Cup contender, at least what the analysts think, and this 19-year-old kid cracking into the lineup on the third line, not too shabby at all. Um, from what I've seen of the lineup projections, it looks like he's going to be centering a line with Matthew Nyes and Callie Yarncroke, which, hey, that's pretty nice right there. That's a 
that's not going to be a fun third line for teams to deal with. I mean, Matthew Nice, we, we saw a little preview of what he can do last year. If he can keep doing that and he gets a little bit of a sheltered role on that third line I mean fuck yeah I cannot wait to see what Frazier Mitten is going to be able to do on uh, once the season begins tomorrow we'll have that Leaf game going on that'll be a lot of fun I cannot wait to see what he is able to do and we know Callie Yarncrow can put up some points now he could probably put up more points if he's in the top six do you want him up there preferably no but that whole third line well maybe not Mitten just yet but Nyes and Yarncroke are probably going to be rovers. Matt, uh, Max Domi could be a rover. I think Bertuzzi appears to be solidified on that top line with Matthews and Marner. So, I mean, nothing's solidified. Things are going to be shifting around all year long, especially with the way that this team is built right now. You got 40-year-old Giordano back there. So there's going to be movement going on, but really, really happy to hear that uh, Fraser Mitten made the team. That is awesome. Kind of sucks that uh, Nicky Bobby, Nick Robertson got sent down. I don't think that's necessarily a, about his preseason play because from what I could tell, he, he was doing pretty good. I think it's mostly just the fact that he can be sent down without having to clear through waivers. So I think that's it. He might be one of the first guys that gets a call up and we'll see where that goes. So sadly, Nick Robertson did not make the team yet, but we're more than likely going to see him in some games at some point this season. So that is cool. We'll go over to Calgary now, and then I'll get to Winnipeg, I promise. We'll talk about Winnipeg. Okay, so Calgary Flames. We have some good news here involve, or, uh, revolving around the new Flames Arena. So we're looking at a 2024. We're going to begin the construction on that. Now, when it comes to financial details, I don't know. It's going to cost a shitload of money, and they're going to ask for the people of Calgary to help pay for it, which is always bullshit. But uh, regardless, the, the Calgary, they need a new arena real, real bad. Probably one of the most needed new arenas in the whole entire league. Finally, hopefully going to get it done this time. We got tricked a little bit last time, but hoping that we're going to have a new arena for the 2026-27 season. So we'll be on the lookout for that. We'll see once the... More money talk maybe starts to happen. If if this deal falls through over $5 million on a fucking like $3 billion arena, I'm going to lose my fucking mind because it's only going to be a matter of time before something terrible happens at the Seattle, at the, at the, at the, at the dome. And I don't want to see no one get freaking hurt. So get that arena built and let's do it as, as safely and fast as possible. So let's talk about Winnipeg because they did the thing. Kind of the big question mark revolving around the Winnipeg Jets was, what the hell are they going to do with Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck? And we got that answer. Boom. Seven-year extensions, $59.5 million for both of them. $8.5 million per season, and they're both 30, so it's going to take them until they're 37, 38 years old, and wow. Okay, so... Not going to lie, didn't see this one coming, especially on Canadian Thanksgiving. They they dropped a bomb on us, but this is this is great for Winnipeg. I mean, a lot of question marks around the team. Oh, people don't want to stay, people don't want to be in Winnipeg. There's a there's a divide in the locker room, blah blah blah. This definitely helps kind of cool that down a little bit. Hellbuck signing long term. You got Mark Shifley who's been in and out of the door for the last couple of years now, honestly. And yeah, it looks like Mark Shifley is convinced with the the outlook of this team. He's going to remain here. I, I, what? That's going to be his whole entire career as a Winnipeg Jet, so that's awesome. 
Hellebuck, uh, I don't know if he was there from the beginning, but he's been there for a really long time. And goaltenders are a little bit different from players. I could see Connor Hellebuck being still an elite goaltender till he's probably 35, 36 years old. Goaltenders tend to stick around a little bit longer. Mark Shifley, I can see him still being quite good, probably in and around a point a game player until he's like 34, 35, because it's not, I don't, I don't recall him being like the most physical or defensive uh, player. I know a lot of people make fun of Mark Shifley's defensive abilities, but honestly, he kind of cleaned it up a little bit last year. It's not saying much, but he, he tried at least. So I could see him still producing at an elite top six level for a good chunk of this contract. So I think it's some tidy work for a top line center, eight and a half million dollars. I'd say that's a little bit under the going rate right now. And then goaltenders are always pretty hard to predict, but uh, Connor Hellebuck has been one of the best, most consistent goaltenders in the NHL for like half a decade now, probably more than that. So I think it's a safe bet uh, to put that money into Connor Hellebuck. Do I like teams spending that much on goaltending? No, but there are some exceptions to that rule, and I think Connor Hellebuck is probably in there. So I enjoy these signings. I think it's really cool. Uh, a lot of speculation of Mark Shifley going to be a Boston Bruin. Seems like that's um, done. As I don't know the full details of these deals other than the money, but I believe there's trade protection at the beginning, so I don't think Mark Shifley is going to go anywhere, even if the season is a disaster for them. And then I think after a few years, there's like a 10-team trade protection. So almost, I wouldn't say it's a guarantee, but... Pretty damn safe to say that Shifley, Hellebuck are going to remain as Winnipeg Jets for the rest of their careers. Some teams might not be that happy about it. I'm looking at, uh, oh, what's that team that was looking up uh, at Hellebuck? Anyway, it doesn't matter. There's some teams that definitely would have maybe liked to get Connor Hellebuck's services. New Jersey, you know, that because they have a kind of a question mark around their goaltending. So we'll see. I, I like these signings for Winnipeg. It's good for them, the franchise, the team, because I think the team... Um, Especially now that those two guys are locked in, I feel a lot more, a lot better about their standing. And I think I had them third or fourth or something. I think I have them going into the playoffs. And now I feel much, much better about that, that they got these guys in. It seems like the locker room's turning around. Now Wheeler's gone. They got in these two young guys looking to make their mark from LA. I really, really like that that trade that they made so I think some people are underestimating what Winnipeg can do so I think they're playoff bound but we'll have to wait and see at least they don't have to worry about Shifley and Hellebuck no more so that's great we got some other signings around the league Minnesota getting theirs done they got Ryan Hartman locked in three years four million dollars four million dollars like their favorite number over there right now and it's definitely going to be an interesting contract because Ryan Hartman, what, two years ago scored like 37, 38 goals, like out of nowhere, like wow. And then I drafted him in my fantasy league last year and he had a miserable season. So is is he, hopefully he finds something in the middle of that. Is he going to score 38, thir- over 35 goals ever again? I mean, probably not, but um, hopefully he can get back to at least that 20 goal mark or something. He's got to get that offensive Uh, abilities going again Minnesota is desperate for that so they're going to be needing that Uh, no other some smaller names there we're not going to worry about them Colin White signs a league minimum deal with Pittsburgh I like that signing I like Colin White he's been kind of hopping around a a little bit hopefully he can find a home there with Pittsburgh could be a good fit Detroit signs Zach Aston Reese former Toronto Maple Leaf one year league minimum 
No problem with that. Some uh, depth right there for Detroit. Jakob Demick signs his entry-level deal deal with Vegas. And we're not done with the big ones yet. We got another massive one here from Buffalo. Rasmus Dahlin is gonna get paid, everybody. $88 million, eight-year extension, coming out to $11 million per season for the 23-year-old defenseman. Oh, yeah. Okay, so how do we feel about this one? Again, kind of like uh, with goaltenders, do I like teams spending this much money on defense uh, on one player? No, not really, but I mean, Darlene is one of the, he is fucking good, man. Last year, he broke out. Looks like he's going to be in that Norris conversation now for quite a long time. Is he going to win one? There's a good chance. Yeah, there's a real good chance. And man, Buffalo's got a dynamite duo on the back end there with Darlene and Power. A lot of people questioning, oh, what's Power going to want? He's a restricted free agent coming up at the end of this season. So it's it, by the sounds of it, it's going to be a lot of fucking money. So that's going to be scary, but got Darlene locked in. I mean, $11 million, it's a lot, but he does a little bit of everything for the Buffalo Sabres. He's on the penalty kill, he's on the power play, he's racking up points, he's good defensively. Now some people... You know, I know he was a little bit shaky on the defensive end at the beginning, but he's getting there. He's definitely, I wouldn't call him elite yet on that defensive end, but he doesn't necessarily have to be with uh, the Buffalo Sabres right now. They added in some some guys and Owen Powers there as well. But, uh, I mean, it's it's good, man. It's good. With the salary cap going up, it's, uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be a fair deal. This one should shake out, be one of those eight-year deals that should be... I can't say risk-free because of injury and stuff, but it should be okay. It's going to take him until he's like 31, 32 years old, so Buffalo's got him locked up for his entire prime. So that's good. Good job from Buffalo right there. Austin Watson signed a league minimum deal with Tampa Bay. We did those two. Uh, Noah Greger signs a league minimum deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs, 25-year-old forward. Is he going to make the team or is he going to be depth? I I think they wanted, I don't know what's going to happen with Noah Greger. He might make the team. We'll have to wait and see. And then Bo Aki signs an entry-level deal with the Edmonton Oilers. So, yeah, man, some big, uh, big, big, what do you call them, uh, signings going down still. Uh, I do feel really good about that Winnipeg one. I think it's going to really help out their season without having that to worry about. But uh, it could definitely come back and bite them because if Winnipeg comes out, has a disastrous season, and then all of a sudden you can't trade those, those two uh, guys, like Shifley and Hellebuck. Hellebuck, again, I really just can't see that going badly because he's just been so damn consistent. Shifley, you know, a little bit concerned with this season last year. It's the first time he's been under a point a game, but he kind of brought up the goal total. He scored 40 goals for the first time. So I don't know what's going to happen with Shifley. If he can keep that 40 goals, that would be dope, and he can bring back the assist totals back up, get him up to, like, 50, maybe 45, 50 assists, getting back into that 90 points, that would be great. So, we got a couple minor trades going down in the league right here. Uh, Sam Lafferty of the Toronto Maple Leafs traded to Vancouver for a fifth round pick. Just kind of, it is what it is. Sam Lafferty looked like he was kind of the guy getting squeezed out. And uh, yeah, he just, his contract was a little bit too rich. You can't bury that. So, they moved on from him. Vancouver adds some more forward depth. Toronto frees up a little bit of space. That might have been enough for them to get Gregor signed. I don't know. But you're getting a fifth-round pick as well, so it's not nothing. Uh, they could have lost him to waivers, but 
I'm happy that uh, they tried to get something and did. So good job right there. And a beyond minor deal right here between Colorado and Carolina. Carolina acquired Callahan Burke and Colorado add in Caleb Jones. So I know Caleb Jones, depth defenseman for them. So just adding in some more things for the current Stanley Cup favorite. Uh, Excuse me. Okay, so we have, uh, I forgot, a little piece of Ottawa news. This is fun because I spent so much time talking about Lassie Thompson uh, getting waived and claimed. And it's okay, Ottawa Senators fans. Lassie Thompson is back with the Ottawa Senators. They reclaimed him off of waivers. So there you go. Everybody lost their, blew their load over it last week, and it's all fine. So there you go. Ottawa got him back, and it's okay. So we got some uh, pretty sad news here. Uh, This one I just saw right before I started recording, and this sucks, man. Barry Melrose, diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and he is retiring from his TV analyst role. So that sucks, man. Um, I read his quote, and, you know, he's very happy with the career that he had. He played in the NHL, and then he had an analyst TV role. He was in and around the game for 50 years, 67 years old, but uh, Parkinson's is a really really shitty disease and uh, I wish him the best and you know awesome career I I can't say I, I can't like pull out a quote or something in particular that he did on a panel I don't think he's not he's not necessarily shown very much on Canadian I feel like he's more of an American broadcaster but regardless man like Parkinson's is a really shitty disease that's terrible news to hear but he seems optimistic it's not the end or anything like that for him he still has lots of life to live and um starting it off with retirement so that's that's nice and uh, good for him more sad news I missed this one last week this is from the preseason but Chicago Savoy or Savoy he was stretchered out last week in a game and he's going to be having surgery on his femur and that sucks because that was a young talented player that maybe could have got into the lineup this year and helped out a young up-and-coming Chicago team but uh really really bad injury there in the preseason and yeah that it happens man it's a tough game it was no one's fault it seemed to be an accident he went just crashing fell into the board's leg first and it's just a very very unfortunate accident but it is a very dangerous game that they play so this kind of stuff happens but it is still very unfortunate speaking of unfortunate we got uh I think his first name is Arter Kaliev. He got a two-game suspension. Well, technically a four-game, two in the preseason, and two regular season games for his knee-on-knee hit on DeLeo. And DeLeo is going to be out for eight weeks. Now, I can't say that I know who DeLeo is. Is that a minor league player? Is that someone that's going to be on the NHL roster? Regardless, it was a dirty hit. Got a suspension for it. So there you go. You pay the piper. And that's that. I feel really bad for DeLeo, though. Like, that that's unfortunate, especially if it was a, a younger guy trying to make his name and then that goes down, you're down for eight weeks. Fucking sucks. So, also speaking of fucking sucks, we got Minnesota news here. Spurgeon is going to be missing the start of the season. He is listed as week to week. And, yeah, Minnesota's kind of going to need, like, all hands on deck at this time. They're very much so cap-strapped, and they're going to need... A lot of things to go right, and they're going to need everybody to kind of step up and a lot of guys to rebound from down years last season. So, yeah, missing out on their, I believe he's their captain, right? So, arguably your best defenseman, your leader of the team, not going to be good. So, we'll have our eyes on Minnesota and how the start of their season goes. They're really going to want to come out flying out of the gates, but we'll see how that goes. Speaking of how that goes, we got Florida, Spencer Knight. He will be starting... 
in the AHL this season. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be there for the whole entire season. If you do recall, he was in the player assistance program this summer. He's out of it now. And I think it's just a smart move from Florida's management to have him kind of, you know, just just ease your way back into it, get back on track, don't fucking put all the pressure on him already, and just let him ease back in. Maybe after a couple weeks, they call him back up, and maybe he's the starting goaltender for the Florida Panthers this year. I'm definitely rooting for him, uh, a player that has been quite open about what he's been dealing with, with the what is it, the OCD, I believe it was, that he came out and said he, he's been dealing with. So I got to give props for a guy that comes out, especially on his platform, an NHL player. A lot of people are going to hear that. Very, very commendable commendable to come out and say that, what he's been dealing with. So uh, really rooting for Spencer Knight to get back into the NHL. I think it's safe to say he's definitely going to be coming back. No worries. I think it's just to ease him back into the pool, basically. So there's that. And some pretty unfortunate news, just kind of silly, but the NHL has banned the pride tape for NHL hockey sticks. So this is the ongoing situation that we were um, going through with last year where some of the players didn't want to wear the fucking pride jerseys, blah, blah, blah. Boo freaking who put the fucking thing on. Does it's ugh. Anyway, um, it looks like the NHL's doubling down on that. No more of that. So I think Morgan Riley used to wear or had that pride tape on uh very regularly or all the time so i know he's come out and said something about it i didn't read the quote but it's just dumb man it's really dumb like the nhl wants people to be more open and and talk and be more personable but then you're like no you can't have fucking colored hockey tape or wear a pride shirt or something like that like i don't know man it's definitely mixed signals coming from the nhl when you hear stuff like this but uh yeah, so that's just kind of stupid. So we'll try and move on. Uh, let's let's talk about some, <laughs> I guess, stupid predictions. I don't know. I get very excited about this whenever um, it comes out, uh, when they do the predictions, or should I say the bold predictions for all 32 teams. So this year I was actually, uh, I got two of them. So there's a Sportsnet one and the NHL.com one. And this time I'm going to go with the Sportsnet one because I usually go with NHL.com, but theirs was more focused. It was straight up fantasy stuff, like fantasy hockey. So uh, the Sportsnet one's supposed to be more about like actual, I don't know. So I'm going to go with that one. So we're going to go through all 32 bold predictions. Some of these are very much so not bold. Like this one here, the Anaheim Ducks. No playoffs, but the Ducks take a notable step up in the West. I mean, they literally can't take a step backwards. They were the shittiest team last year. And yeah, I think that's really safe to say that the Ducks are going to take a step forward this season, especially if Leo Carlson comes in and he's able to do some stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's really hard to say that they're going to be much worse. But uh, I think overall, uh, last year was more of a down year in terms of like, the good teams over-exceeding, like the Bruins getting an insane amount of points, and then there was an abundance of teams in the basement because the draft was so supposed to be so stacked with Connor Bedard, Carlson, Fantilli, so on and so forth. So there was a lot more teams last year tanking, if you can call it that, and I think we're going to have a little bit less of that this season. It's going to be a little bit more balanced, but yeah, I think it's safe to say Anaheim's going to be not as awful as they were last season. We move on to the Arizona Coyotes. They find a new home and end relocation speculations. So this one, yeah, I can believe it because for some reason, Gary Bettman is so gung-ho on keeping a team in Arizona. Even, let's say, theoretically, theoretically, 
Arizona gets moved to Utah or something. Salt Lake City. They go there. And I would not be shocked that in five to ten years later, we got a relocation or an expansion back in Arizona and they try it all over again. Would not be shocked at all if that goes down. But yeah, I can see them finding a new home and ending the speculation because it doesn't seem like they're too keen on moving the Arizona Coyotes. They're more prone to wanting to have new teams brought in overall. It's going to bring in more money for the NHL. I can only imagine what the next, um, what do you call it, expansion team cost is going to be. Vegas got a deal. Seattle had to pay substantially more. The Senators just got sold for short of a billion. So uh, people are predicting it's going to be in and around like 800000 to or $800 million to a billion dollars for the next NHL franchise. So um, I can understand that... Um, I think it's the Salt Lake City guy. He is very much so interested in trying to grab up the Arizona Coyotes as soon as possible because I would imagine he would get a pretty nice deal. So, interesting. We got the Boston Bruins. They trade for Mark Shifley. Now, this wasn't so hot before, but uh, it just seemed like an absolute... Uh, what would you call it? A match made in heaven. Like, Bruins are desperate for a top-line center. One of the only ones kind of being shopped around on the market was Mark Shifley. Now he's locked up. So that's pretty much done. And apparently Bruins... It's uh, Connor Beecher or something and some other young guy. Apparently they were doing pretty good in preseason. So there's a chance that one of or both of them emerge as a top or second-line center. So maybe Bruins aren't so gun-ho, but we'll see what happens after the first couple weeks of the regular season. Maybe they're knocking down the door for Kuznetsov in Washington. We'll see what happens with them. But I don't think it's crazy to think of the Bruins trying to trade for a top-line center. It's just there's not very many of them. And what does Boston really have to trade? They're never, they don't really have a lot of drafted young players coming up in their ranks. So it's going to be interesting to see what the top-line center situation is going to be and play out with the Bruins. Sabres, unrestricted uh, unrestricted free agent Patrick Kane signs on with the Buffalo Sabres. I want this, so yep, I, I hope that one happens. That's the perfect place for him to go. Up-and-coming team, they could make the playoffs this year for the first time in like 12 years, and it would be so much fun to have the hometown boy be there for that. So that one I definitely want to happen 100%. Calgary Flames, Jonathan Huberdeau scores 100 points again. I'm going to have to say no on this one, but I will 100% agree with Huberto bouncing back. I think he'll be in that 85 to 95 point range. I beg. I would be so amped if he gets back up to 100 points because that probably means like one of Coronado or Dubé got their shit going and that would be amazing, but I don't think this one's going to happen, no. Carolina Hurricanes, Seth Jarvis breaks out with 60 points. Uh, uh, Considering that... Seth Jarvis was uh, drafted with a Toronto Maple Leafs draft pick. Kind of don't want this to happen, but I do kind of like that player. He's 21 now. Kind of looked like he was breaking out a little bit last season. I'm going to go with no because Carolina just, they don't tend to have that kind of offensive team where they're going to let a player like Seth Jarvis kind of break out and, you know, open up his wings a little bit and be creative. But uh, no, I think he maybe 40, 45 points would be a little bit more reasonable, but and Carolina's stacked, man. They got there's something. Someone would have to go down with injury or something like that for him to hit 60 points. But I mean, optimistic, maybe. We got Chicago Blackhawks. Arvid Soderblom puts himself on the map. So I got to figure out who Soderblom is. Uh, is he a goalie? 
He is a goalie. Okay, cool. I doubt it. I doubt there's going to be any goaltending in Chicago that's going to be making any sort of positive impact on the NHL because they're probably going to be really, really bad. It's the Connor Bedard show, but uh, interesting prediction right there. I'm going to go with no. We got Colorado. Jonathan Drouin sets career highs in goals and assists. Oh, wow. So the current best for Drouin are 21 goals and 35 assists. Hmm, could he do that? Could he crack over 50 points with Colorado? He did look like he was going pretty good there in the preseason. I would love this, man. I would absolutely love this for Jonathan Drouin. It has been an adventure for this young man. I think he was drafted second overall, and that would be dope. I think that would be a lot of fun. So could it happen, though? I mean, fuck, he's got the talent getting put on a line with McKinnon. It could be the, the, fuck it. Let's say, yeah, let's do it. Columbus Blue Jackets, Adam Fantilli wins the Calder. Oh, damn. I don't think so. I think it's kind of Connor Bedard's to lose at this point. He's just going to have the best opportunity with Fantilli. I still don't even know if he's on the team or not yet. And if he is, I don't think he's going to be the top line center. He'll probably be second or third. So, I think he's going to come out there and definitely make an impact and and change some things for Columbus, uh, the Blue Jackets overall. But uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with Connor Bedard on that one. But I can see Fantilli getting second place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dallas Stars they win the President's Trophy. Hmm, not crazy because they're a really good team, man. They got they got elite in every category. They got elite forwards in Rupe Heinz and, and Robertson. They got elite defense in Heiskanen. They got arguably an elite or slash great goaltending in Ottinger. And he's young and he's probably going to be getting better. It's just like, is Sagan and Ben going to take a step back? Like, do we really think that Jamie Ben's going to do what he did last season? I don't know. It's kind of tough, but I think they're going to be a really good team. A lot of people are pegging the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the President's Trophy. Now, I don't want that to happen, honestly. Uh, Could they win it? Yeah, man, absolutely. I think they're one of the best teams. And, you know, the West is going to be a little bit less competitive, I think. So, sure, I could see Dallas winning it. Why not? We got Detroit Red Wings. Alex DeBrincat scores 40 goals again. Uh, I think it's optimistic, but no. I don't think he's going to hit 40 this season. Could he at some point with the Red Wings? Yeah, sure. But I think it's hard for him to do that. New team. He's going to have to find chemistry with new guys. But if he does find it really quick with Larkin, who knows? Maybe he could get 40. But I think, I don't know, man. He played with some good fucking line mates in Ottawa. Gave that up. So, no, I don't think he will score 40. This season, at least. Edmonton Oilers, they win Canada's first Stanley Cup since 1993. Oh, my goodness. Well, that would go against my prediction of the Leafs winning the Cup this season. So, could it happen? Absolutely, man. With Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, they are magical tickets. I have no idea. They can go, I mean, we've seen them go on insane offensive runs in the playoffs. Man, their team just, I don't know. Like, I, I look at their forward group, and, like, it's just not deep. And they're like an injury away from the top six from like it getting pretty much put onto the same guy's backs as it did last year. And that's kind of what got them in trouble. Now they do have a fully healthy Evander Kane. They got Ekholm here who's not healthy yet, but he'll be playing a full season with them. It could happen, man. It could easily happen. Uh, In a perfect world, we got Edmonton and Toronto in the finals. But that is, oh my goodness, that is 
That'd be damn near impossible to happen, but could they win it? Sure. Will they win it? Mm, I don't know, man. It's really tough to bet against Connor McDavid at this point, but there's still holes in that team that I see. So I'm going to go with no, Edmonton doesn't win the cup this year. Next, you got Florida for the Panthers. Mackie Sam Sam Oscovich emerges as their next under-the-radar gem. Considering I do not know who this player is, I'll go with no on that one. But, uh, hey, maybe. I, I don't know who he is, so maybe he does. Los Angeles Kings, a goalie not currently playing on the team, starts game one of the playoffs. Ooh, so kind of like what happened with them last year. So, uh, Sportsnet does not believe in Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley. I mean, it's, you know, it's not exactly the tandem you you would like L.A. to be going into this season with because they're stacked on defense, they're stacked up front, they just need that goal. They're almost kind of like New Jersey of the West. Like, it's just some question marks behind net. But, I mean, Phoenix Copley played really good last year, and Cam Talbot has had really good seasons, but he is getting on that back nine. He's like 35 years old now, so... I mean, yeah, if, if there's a team out there that's going to go out and get a goaltender, L.A. would be the team. So I could see that absolutely happening for sure. Minnesota Wild. Kirill Kaprizov wins the Rocket Rouchard Trophy? No way, baby. I, I really like Kirill the Thrill. He's a great player. Um, I don't think he's... No, not with the... There's just... Matthews got better better line mates. You got Marner feeding him the puck. You got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Pasternak over there. No. But I think he's going to be in that conversation. Yeah, for sure. Winning it? No. Montreal Canadiens. Samuel Montembeau builds one last season and becomes the lead goaltender. I think that'd be a great story for the Montreal Canadiens. <sighs> he's 26 now, so it's like this is kind of like the year... But with that team, I just don't think it's going to happen, man. Like, if he, if there was a little bit of better defense and a, maybe a more veteran-led defense, maybe. I think Montembeau ends up being the backup in the long run. And, uh, yeah, but if he becomes the, a bona fide starter, that would be an awesome story. And I would love that. Do I think it'll happen? No. Up next, Nashville Predators. UC Soros is the first goalie in seven years to play 70 games. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I could see that happening for sure if there is a team other than like Tampa Bay, but Vasilevsky's hurt, so that would be maybe the only other goalie that could hit 70 games. You could argue Shesterkin, but if if Nashville's really going to think that they're going to make the playoffs this year, they're going to have to play him at least that many games. So if they think they're a playoff team, sure, yeah, UC Soros is going to have to play 70 games, so there's just no chance in hell. New Jersey Devils, Akira Schmid takes over in net and wins fantasy leagues. Okay. Um, I mean, he show, it's really, that's a tough one, man. Like, yeah, he's got virtually no track record. What we saw of him was pretty good. I think he got into like 20 games last season, was pretty good, and the playoffs a little bit exposed. So, um, no, I don't think he's going to take it over. I think it's going to be a 1A, 1B situation. I think it's going to be kind of split down the middle between he and um, Vanacek, honestly. So, no, I don't think that's going to happen. New York Islanders' Matt Barzell finally surpasses his rookie season point totals. Yes. For the for the love of God, yes. Please, Matt Barzell. I think he is one of the most... Uh, just, he's on the wrong team, man. If he was, like, on Edmonton, if he was in Toronto, anywhere but the fucking Islanders, this guy would be, like, a 90, maybe a 100-point player by now. But, yeah, he's playing on a team that 
doesn't really let him do what he wants offensively. So yeah, he's definitely been um, nullified in terms of his numbers. His numbers don't speak to how good of a player Matthew Barzell is. So in his first year, he got 22 goals, 85 points. And it's shocking to me that he has not surpassed that. But um, yeah, he's basically the straw that stirs the drink in um, in the island. And it's been that way for a long time. So I imagine teams key, on, key in on him. If they can suppress his passing ability, then they probably suppress the Islanders scoring ability. But I would love for him to do that. So yes, I can see that happening we got New York Rangers especially with the addition of Bo Horvat if those two are clicking together on a wing on the line together that could be really good for him anyway New York Rangers Capo Caco steps out for a breakout season oh I mean you could pick either of them I mean Lafreniere or Caco I think it'd be more I think it would be um a better chance of Lafreniere breaking out this season over Caco so I'd say no to Caco I think he's gonna kind of just become like a 40-50 point guy and a really solid two-way forward. I think he's going to start... I think that's just the way that, like, Rangers are, aren't utilizing him properly. They're not giving him top six opportunities. And he's just not really going to develop that top six scoring ability if he's never put in those situations. So, no, I don't think he's going to break out. But I could see Lafreniere breaking out more so than Kako. Ottawa Senators. Jonas Corposalo delivers below average goaltending. And sadly, yes, I can absolutely see that happening. Um, I mean, I like Corposalo. I've always been rooting for that guy. But as I still think he's going to put up NHL starting go- like numbers. I just don't think he's going to blow the world away. I don't think he's going to be the reason that gets Ottawa into the playoffs if they make it this year. But... Below average, though. Below average is what they're saying. So what's average nowadays? Like, I think the average has fallen way down to, like, a 905. Is Corpus Allo going to be under a 905? I mean, Ottawa Senators fans, I can only imagine, are screaming, God, no. But, uh, man, he, I don't know, man. I, I could absolutely see that happening. I kind of hope it doesn't, just for, you know, the sake of funness in the NHL. I'd like to see some new teams in the playoff hunt. But, um, yeah, I can sadly see that going down for sure. Philadelphia Flyers, they trade a top six forward. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's that's probably going to happen. Is it going to be Sean Couturier, Cam Atkinson? The guy that I look at is Konechny. He's been kind of in that trade rumor for a few years now. And yeah, I mean, Philadelphia is going to suck ass this season. And I imagine that Tortorello is going to get some extra wins out of the team that management doesn't want. So, And they're not going to fire him because... Probably they're just probably not going to do that. So I can see them trading away one of their better players or the best player on the team just so that they can uh, try and solidify that basement spot in the standings. So yeah, absolutely, they're going to be trading someone big. Pittsburgh Penguins. Sidney Crosby scores 100 points and they win a playoff round. I mean, it better fucking happen for for the sake of Dubis and all that shit that he just did. Brought in Riley Smith. Just won a cup. You got. I don't know if you're going to get lucky again and have Malkin Crosby stay healthy. That is like a one in a million chance that's going to happen again. And I mean, yeah, you brought in Carlson. He got 100 points last year as a defenseman. It could help out Latang's game, but it could also hurt him. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, I can see Crosby hitting 100 points. I could see that with the way that uh, he brought in more offense. You're going to have uh, scoring's been going up, and Crosby hasn't really gotten worse at all. So, yeah, I could see him winning, uh, getting 100 points. Winning a playoff round, fuck, it's been a minute since they've done that. So, 
could they do that? Oh, I don't know. Sure, why not? Fuck it. They can win a playoff round. Why not? I'll, I'll let it go. San Jose. And with the first overall pick, the Sharks take Macklin Sarabrini. So it looks like it's probably going to be between uh, San Jose Flyers and maybe Anaheim as the bottom team. The Sharks would love to get a first overall pick and select Celebrini. Uh, yeah, man, absolutely. I think on paper, the Sharks look like the worst team. So yeah, I'm going to go with that one. Seattle Kraken, they missed the playoffs. Ooh, I don't think that's all that crazy, honestly. I think um, a lot of things kind of went right. And I don't know, man, like putting your putting your season kind of in group Bauer's hands, that went fucking so bad for them the first season. I think, yeah, it's going to happen again. I have no belief in Grubauer after he fucked me two years ago with that fucking first season with the Kraken. So no, I think the playoffs are, are um, out of out of um, the Kraken's future. I hope they make it though. Like I, I hope they do, but I just don't like Grubauer. So yeah, I think he's going to blow it for them. And then there you go. St. Louis Blues. They are trade deadline sellers for a second year in a row. Now, I think they're a better team than a lot of people are giving them credit for. I think they are, their pickups of Verana and Kapanen for nothing was was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, ca- I probably could see them being sellers. I mean, they could very well trade Verana and Kapanen because they're both on one-year deals. They're probably going to be desperately trying to shop around Tory Krug or someone on that blue line that they can get rid of. Good luck with that. So yeah, I can see that going down for St. Louis. Oh, I'm all over the map. Here we go. We got Tampa Bay. Steven Stamko scores 50 for the first time in over a decade. Um, That would be hilarious just to shove it up their hoop because like... The way that it's going down with Tampa and Stamkos right now, like Tampa Bay, like the GM is basically giving, making Stamkos prove it that you're still good enough for us to keep you around. And word is that, you know, the Tampa Bay organization isn't all that upset if they lose Stamkos. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely disrespectful to do that to a player that's giving you so much, but, um, fuck, I would love for it to happen. No, I don't think it's going to happen. So, cause he's, he's already... Kind of started declining last year, though he still had a great year. This could fire him up, but I don't think it's going to fire him up that he gets 50. So, no, I don't think that's happening. Toronto Maple Leaf, Joseph Wall starts game one of the playoffs. Yes. Yes, I can think I think this can happen. Only reason why I say that is that from my early viewings of Joseph Wall, and he doesn't have a big track record, the thing that makes him stand out to me is his calmness in the net. And that is not what Samsonov has. And I would feel much better if Wall was in the net for the playoffs because Sammy is flying around. His effort is there, absolutely. But I like the way that Wall plays. He's calm, and and I like I like that in a goaltender. So I would really like this. Is it going to happen? I mean, I would hope so. So yeah, I'll say sure, why not? Vancouver Canucks. This turns out to be Elias Pettersson's last season with the Canucks. Oh my God, can you imagine? Oh my goodness, I'm losing it. That would be in-fucking-sane, man. That would be insane. I would feel horrible, absolutely horrible for the Vancouver Canucks fans. Like, how much more shit can go wrong? Uh... All right, let's just, like, read what they're saying here. A restricted free agent next summer, Elias Pettersson, can't actually walk out via unrestricted free agency until 2025. But if the Canucks have another rocky playoffless season, then he might be re 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 re
to... I don't know what the fuck word that is. He might be not wanting to re-sign with the Canucks in a difficult spot. This boils down to, do you think the Canucks are a markedly improved team with a healthy Thatcher Demko and a tougher defense? Yeah, man, I think that definitely will be reliant on how good Vancouver is going to be this year. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but uh, I don't know, man. It's going to be tough. I think, I mean, the smart move for Pedersen would be to get the fuck out of there. Uh, I mean, no disrespect necessarily to Vancouver Canuck fans, but definitely disrespect to their organization. They have not been a very well-run organization whatsoever. So I would not be shocked for them to lose Pedersen, get a return that isn't optimal, and Vancouver Canuck fans continue to be miserable. So yeah, I could see that going down. That would be fucking nutty, though. Vegas Golden Knights. Logan Thompson takes back the net, starts in the playoffs. Sure, I mean, yeah, it was his net until he got hurt last year. So, yeah, I can see that going down. And they just have a really, really strong tandem of Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson. I think, yeah, sure, yeah, let's do it. Washington Capitals. Alex Ovechkin falls below 0.40 goals per game average for the first time in his career. Is it really all that crazy to think that the 37, 38-year-old Ovechkin would start to regress? I think, yeah, I think he is probably going to fall down. But I still think he's going to score 40-plus goals, so there's that. But I think the regression is going to start now. Winnipeg Jets' Connor Hellebuck signs an extension and stays. Well, that did happen. So there you go. That 100% happened uh, and happened, what, yesterday or some shit? So, yeah. That's good. Uh, We already talked uh, quite a bit about that extension, so we can move on from that. And that was 32 bold predictions from Sportsnet. Now, if there is, uh, if if I have time for it next week's episode, maybe I'll go through the NHL's 32 bold predictions because theirs are a little bit crazier just because it's in terms of fantasy assets or fantasy uh, hockey talk, so it's a little bit more crazy, but... um, Yeah, so that is 32 bold predictions, and uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think about those. And let's finish it off. So last week we talked about the NHL.com. They're doing their countdown of the top 50 players or whatever. I uh, did the top 20 to 11, so let's finish it off with the official top 10 from NHL.com, who they think the best 10 players are in the league. Starting off with number 10, it is Miko Rantanen. And honestly, I think he's one of the more underrated superstars in this league because he's kind of shadowed behind uh, Kale McCarr and McKinnon. So I think Rantanen quietly scored like 50, 55 goals last year. He's an absolute stud. I drafted him in my fantasy league this year. So I hope he uh, continues to be one of the top 10 players in the league. And yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Number nine, Sid the Kid, baby. Sidney Crosby, number nine. I mean, he's 36 years old now, but still hasn't really shown any major signs of slowing down offensively. I will be watching... Is he playing? Yeah, yeah. So he's playing uh, Connor Bedard in about an hour here. So I'm going to be finishing that off. I'm going to watch Sidney Crosby play against Connor Bedard. Should be a lot of fun. Where does Connor Bedard? Is Connor Bedard going to be a top 50 player by next year's list? I mean, I don't think that's that crazy to think. So number nine, Crosby. Number eight, Nikita Kucherov. I mean, yeah, dude. He got back to business last year, back in that 110 plus point season. The dude's freaking disgusting. And he's honestly one of the most entertaining slash infuriating players for me to watch because that guy gets passes through so many sticks and bodies I don't know how he does it every shot he takes terrifies me and yeah for me personally he's one of the most terrifying players for me to watch because he's a little bit of my boogeyman because the Leafs keep having to play him 
in the playoffs. And whenever Tampa Bay goes on the power play, I am petrified of Nikita Kucherov. The guy is terrifying to me. And yeah, he's one of the best players in the league for sure. Number seven, it's Austin Matthews. Big boppy number seven. Honestly, I think it's a little bit over. He's a little bit overplumped a little bit here. He is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but with... I think Nikita Kucherov should be ahead of him with the track record, and he's had numerous 100-plus point seasons, and Matthew still hasn't cracked 100 points yet. Yes, he's got 60 goals. Last year was a down year for him, 40 goals. So, you know, I would put him a little bit further back, honestly. I think he's a little high up there, but he is a very... I think he's, without a doubt, top 10 player in this league. Number six, Matty Kachuk. Oh, yeah, Florida Panthers. Love this guy. I know he's not the most lovable player or person or anything. I love him. I got a Flames jersey with his name on it, and I love it. I think he's an unfucking believable player. I can see Brady Kachuk, his brother, getting uh, close to what he is, but I think Brady is a little bit more physical. But uh, Matthew Kachuk, man, absolute stud. Didn't slow down at all with his new team. He goes from Calgary to Florida, 100 plus points again he's probably gonna do it this season and he was a absolute stud in the playoffs for florida last season battling through injury and yeah he's an unbelievable player number five david pasternak okay i think i think this one's a little bit high but i do not get a watch I don't watch any Bruins games if I can help it because I just, I hate them. But Pasternak is an unbelievable player. He scored 60 goals last season, I think, really quietly. Not a big deal. And yeah, he's probably the best player on the Bruins right now. He's an absolute stud. Could he score 60 again? I mean, at this point, I think it's almost safe to say he's like a guaranteed 50, at least 50 goal guy. So that's fucking impressive. Number four defenseman of the Colorado Avalanche, Kale McCarr. So another player I don't get to see a whole lot of because he plays in Colorado and their games are always on really late, but I've watched highlights of this guy. I've seen him in the playoffs and wow, (laughs) absolutely wow. This kid is so good. And he honestly like really got onto my radar last year when people were like, is Kale McCarr the best player in the NHL? Like over McDavid. And you know, that to me was just insane to think about. I still think by far McDavid is just the better player, but what Kale McGar is doing on defense, it's literally revolutionizing defense for the game right now. These guys, like this grouping of defensemen in the league right now are insane. We're going to start seeing, I don't know if it's going to be regular, like you're not going to see regular 100 point seasons, but I don't think they're going to be as like, like once in a hundred years kind of thing. So I think we're going to start seeing that Kale McCarr could absolutely get a hundred points at some point in his career. Number three, Leon Dreisaitl, the running mate of Connor McDavid, the dude, the stud. Uh, The only thing that maybe he doesn't have that Connor McDavid does is that ridiculous speed, but he's insanely just dogged on the puck. He always gets that freaking puck. Ridiculous shot on him. Amazing playmaker. He didn't even need the skating ability in the playoffs, what, two years ago? He was still putting up like 30 points in seven games in the playoffs. Like, get the hell out of here. Leon Dreisaitl, insane. Maybe he would be in a conversation as the best player in the league if he wasn't playing behind McDavid. Maybe. But considering he's this good and McDavid is on his team as well, I mean, fuck. 
Definitely the next coming of Crosby and Malkin. I would say McDavid, Dreisaitl are a better duo than Malkin and Crosby. And that's saying a lot because they don't have any cups or anything, but I think it's just sheer talent. And yeah, I think it's I think it's Dreisaitl and McDavid. Number two, Nathan McKinnon. Oh God, yeah. I love watching Nathan McKinnon. He is the guy that draws my eye more than anyone, I would say. I always know when McKinnon's on the ice because he is the guy that is barreling down as fast as possible and just ripping pucks and just, oh my God, he is just a wrecking ball out there. Love watching Nathan McKinnon, man. And yeah, second overall, I, I can get down with that. Number one, Connor McDavid. No, act surprised if you want. I mean, he is the best player in the league. It's like the league is trying to keep up with this guy. Like, he is so good. It's basically as close as we've gotten to Gretzky in the 80s that we have in the NHL now. This guy's putting up 150-plus points in this NHL. With the goaltending that we have, with the systems that coaches are in placing, it's nothing short of absolutely incredible what McDavid is doing and people are pretty much like yeah it's safe to say he's probably going to be a 140 plus point guy guaranteed as long as he's healthy and he's insane I think it's only a matter of time before he wins a cup because I think every year that he doesn't win it he just gets more and more angry and he's getting angrier and angrier and I think eventually it's going to boil over and he's going to win a cup so there you go that is the top 10 players According to NHL.com, not me. I'm not doing my list. I don't want to do that. Uh, But interesting list for sure. I think Austin Matthews and maybe Pasternak are a little bit overrated. Just a little. Like, moving back maybe one or two spots each. Not a big move. But, yeah. And that's me as a Leaf fan thinking that, you know, I think Austin Matthews is by far the best Leaf that I've ever seen play. And he's very, very good. It's just that I have not seen that takeover in the playoffs that some of the other guys have. Pasternak's done it. Matthew still has not done that in the playoffs. And that's what I think really makes you the best player in the league, where you can be the best on a regular season game and you can be the best in the playoffs. And Matthews, to me, just hasn't done that yet. So curious to see if you guys think the same way about that. it would be interesting for sure, but... I think that's going to be it for me, everybody. I'm going to get ready and go watch the Connor Bedard's NHL debut. That should be a lot of fun. We'll talk about that for sure next week. And all the crazy results that go down over the next week or so, the first week of the NHL season is going to be absolutely crazy. we got the Leafs playing tomorrow against Montreal, my wife's favorite team. So we're going to be watching that. And I have a very strong suspicion that the Leafs are going to get embarrassed tomorrow because that's generally how that kind of thing goes. But... There you go, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are awesome. We're doing a Halloween-themed gamer stuff this week, or sorry, this month with the Gamer Cast. I just did the 13 Scariest Enemies uh, last week. I uh, don't have a 100% lock on what I'm going to do this week. I'm pretty sure I'm playing another scary game that'll be for later. So yeah, we're going to be doing scary stuff on the Gamer Cast this month, and in terms of wrestling... Should be uh, safe. To, hopefully, we're going to calm down a little bit. The wrestling has been a shitload of pay-per-views lately, and I've been working overtime with the wrestling, you know what I'm saying? But regardless, always appreciate y'all who listen. You can watch these as well on YouTube. I upload them on the YouTube channel, Gamer GX Videos. Link is in the description. You can send in your questions. Great place to leave a question on the comment section on the video, on the YouTube video. Send in your questions related to video games, wrestling, hockey, or just questions in general. Send them in to be answered live on the podcast, or we could just have our own private conversation. It's all good. And, um, oh, 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 almost forgot. Uh, Los Angeles Kings 
Coach Todd McClellan got a one-year extension, baby. Oh, fuck yeah. I wouldn't forget you, my boy Todd. I'd never forget. Great hair. Great hair on that guy. And uh, that's another good thing for LA. You're not going to have a lame duck coach to worry about. So there you go. There you go, Kings fans. I gave you a little nugget there right at the end. And that's it for me, everybody. I'm going to go enjoy and see Connor Bedard put up 17 points tonight. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. You're awesome. We'll be back again soon with more GX Plus Cast. Yeah.